Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Raphael. Hey. Uh, second recording this week. I know. Um, and I also did like a panel discussion yesterday. So some would say I'm well rehearsed at talking <laughs> or otherwise yeah. I'm exhausted. Yeah. But uh, we did an episode for your show with Lima in Amsterdam. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining uh, yeah. for joining that and lending and your we credibility did a, to my... We did our first <laughs> uh, video podcast. Yeah, I guess it's on. Yeah, is that that's not a, it's a is that a vlog a vodcast? Is that what they call it? No, that's I lame. don't know. But they, I think there's tons of podcasts who publish on YouTube, and most of their audience is there. Yeah, but there are ones like remember the Verge cast, uh, the tech podcast. They used to do a video one, and then they stopped doing it. Oh um, uh, yeah, and they they had another sort of live sort of QVC style. What do you call it? Infotainment. Uh, mm-hmm. What what infomercial format where they just review gadgets in a funny way and yeah yeah i think yeah. people who watch podcasts on video maybe are over even more overstimulated than podcast listeners and they need like they need to also kind of deaden their, <laughs> their eyes yeah I, I imagine that it's it's the type of thing where you just have it on ipad while you're cooking and you just have it on speaker you're not really looking at it it's just that people have the youtube app open all the time yeah just because like Talking to folks who listen to this podcast and observing my own behavior, the podcast is more of like its background. It's like it doesn't require your attention, like you're driving or or whatever. Yeah. My, well, my favorite way of listening to podcasts is while I cook or wash dishes or fold yeah. laundry or that something kind of that thing. I hate doing. Yeah. But I also listen in the bath, which I love doing. But it feels, oh. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. But you're down well, in Florida, right? Uh, we're still here, yeah. And so take, uh, we're testing St. Pete. Uh, it's near Christina's family. Is and where then, is that in where is that in the on the um how would I describe the, Florida on the penis? It's on the <laughs> it's on the Gulf side. You have the Gulf side and the ocean side, the Atlantic. But Ah, I see. But so then so. we're thinking in June, July to go to Miami for a month and test how we like that and then uh, we're trying to figure out a, a construction where we could rent something or buy something, but then rent it out most of the year, and then and then it'll sort of break even on the thing and have a vacation home that way. My number one question though is like, are you how close are you to buying a white suit and like a like a white straw hat? And are you already doing that? I have those already. <laughs> okay. Don't worry about it. I have several. Yeah. <laughs> You're walking around in no, loafers on the boardwalk. No, I, I I think I've owned. I, I had. Two linen suits and one other white suit that I got for a show, and uh, mm-hmm. I like the white suit for sure. Yeah. Now, like, I just imagine you kind of sitting on a park bench by the ocean, and there's like yeah. all these old ladies around you, that, and you're you're regaling them with stories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with that? Like, you're this like super popular. Guy yeah, and then the I, I see <laughs> I see myself with like a flower shirt and like a coconut <laughs> with fresh coconut water, and then I see you in a sort of gloomy island on your own where you're like trying to dig dig a tunnel for fresh water and it's not working and <laughs> I, I made a big mistake and, <laughs> yeah and you put all your money into buying this island and then uh, like uh, your toes are frozen and black and they're breaking off and you're like this is good this is what i deserve i'm a piece of shit that's actually yeah. what i'm planning to do uh, tomorrow is that yeah my sister bought a little cabin that's totally un- it's unheated unwinterized <laughs> We're gonna yeah. go up there for the day. We it's gonna be like freezing, but we're really excited. <laughs> do you dis dislike uh, warm weather? Is it? Uh, do you burn very fast? Like, uh, do you turn red? And uh... I don't know. You're from you're from the Netherlands, so like, there's a certain yeah. like pride and hardiness, and uh, in Canada, yeah, no, 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 forget about. It. I'm I'm half Brazilian also. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I don't know what it is. There's this no, no, but I, I mean, I know a lot of Dutch people who actually genuinely dislike hot weather. They're just like uncomfortable, no, sweaty, no. and they're like, oh, I prefer the cozy winter. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like, suck it up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you told me that story that you guys went to Costa Rica and you're like, oh, I've never been in a place where you go in the ocean and it's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, warm water was actually like a shocking experience for me. Where I was like, but in a positive way, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but this like, is what I mean. Like, like uh, you you decided not to have kids, so you yeah. have some flexibility in where you live, and you have some room financially because you don't have kids, and so you could create 
But I feel like the, the, the guilt in you is so deep that you'll never make a comfortable mm. setup. I was thinking, like, could I get a coffin ready now? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you know, what would it cost to get into a coffin right away? <laughs> mm. Just get, get a, a just get final item on the to-do list. Yeah. yeah, just get, like, a timeshare coffin. <laughs> I do some... think about that sometimes, that obsession with the to-do list and that you want to clear the to-do list. That's yeah, like, that's right. And, and there's only one way to clear the to-do list. Well, I remember yeah. I had my grandmother, she was like so excited that she had her plots all organized like ahead of time, you know, before she died. Oh, yeah. You, you know, she was like, I'm, I just I'm want to evaporate. <laughs> I don't want to leave any tombstone. Yeah. Anyway, we should get to today's question. Um, yeah. Which is about uh, an interesting topic, I think, actually. When, uh, it's one of those I like uh, I know, think we underwater. both have things to say about it. Yeah, okay. So let's listen to our question. And our question comes uh, via... Nels, is it? Nels Nelson? Nels Nelson? Oh my god, what a great name. Yeah. This guy's already yeah. to a great start. Yeah. The, um, the topic of name giving has been on my mind for a while. I find it very stressful and challenging to give names to things, whether it's my projects or even my children. Um, I tend to go around in circles until I'm actually forced to make a decision, and then I end up doing so somewhat randomly. Um, it would be great if you could shed some light onto what your process is for, for naming your pieces. I'm thinking like Lean Artist or, or Home Alone. Um, and then if you want to, maybe even reflect on your own names, um, which you use uh, for your artistic practice. And if you're so inclined, um, it would be funny to have you suggest a Dutch boy's name that pairs well with my last name, Nelson, for uh, the kid that we're expecting. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for the question. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to talk about names, uh, names for people, names for companies, names for artworks, names for genres, names for social movements, names for products, anything, yeah? Yeah, and the first yeah. rule of naming, actually, in the Nels Nelson thing, there's uh, is like rhythm. You know, you want to have something <laughs> rhythmic in a name. I've always yeah. remarked that artist names, if you're an artist and you just like have a double sound or alliteration like Nels Nelson or like, you know, Johnny Johnny or something like that, you're already off to a great start. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Georgie Porgy. You got (laughs) to Exactly. Um, But it's a serious topic and a a hard one. Like, because here's the the counter position would be like, why name anything? You could, there are tons of artists that have, of course, taken works. You you bring up an interesting point where, if you start a company, you'll think a long time before, and uh, you, you'll actually hire a company to make sure the name doesn't exist already. Yeah. And as an artist, you're also a company in your brand, but your name was chosen for you. Very few artists change their name. Yeah, and the question's about naming an artwork, but let's start with the artist. I think um, some artists, obviously, it's it's less common among, I don't know why, less common among visual artists, but among like you know performers... It's very yeah. common to actually, you know, th- you know, take on a stage name. Yeah, yeah. Like either you, you become. Uh, I don't think David Bowie was his own name, and uh, of course, rappers all have. I think it starts as nicknames when they're a kid, and then uh, it sticks. And uh, yeah, I mean, in my own uh, career, I added like I added a piece to my name. I really hate my name because it's so generic. But then I was like, well, the fact that it's so generic works into the satire. <clears throat> but adding famous new media artists in front of it, you know, gave it some brand or some like mm. the the real reason was like SEO. I thought it was just funny, like because yeah. when it, you're are on there Google, many other artists named Jeremy Bailey? Um, no, but there was one named Jeremy Blake, and for a while he was like super famous until he committed suicide because uh, the Scientolo- oh, the, Scientologists he, he made were chasing him. Motion motion graphic sort of art. Yeah, 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 yeah. and he walked into. One I day didn't he, know there was a Scientology angle there. Yeah, yeah, he was trying to leave the Church of Scientology, and they wouldn't, they weren't, oh, wow. wouldn't let him. And him and his partner got all embroiled. There was, there's, a, you can look it up online, but like he ended I had up, dinner they, with them right before that happened. Was oh, strange. really? That is strange. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would often get confused with him. Is the the end of my story, uh, which is like. People would be like, "Oh, I know Jeremy Bailey," but they were really they knew Jeremy Blake. Yeah. Um, so it was yeah, a good... he makes these these beautiful ambient animations. It's like, no, he that's did, somebody yeah. else. Ooh. 
Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> no problem. Me. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, from, uh, from my perspective, it was funny just because people on Google at the time would look up and I would notice my own behavior. It's like, we're famous painters or like best known this. And I thought it would be interesting if I spent the rest of my life optimizing for that search term. So that, but that is an interesting point that if you're a rapper or a rock star and you're like, I'm, I'm not David Jones, I'm David Bowie. And mm-hmm. it sounds better. And yeah. And then it, it would sound really cheesy if you're a visual artist and you're like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, well, I didn't think it was working. I'm Jeremy Jackson. And and like, are you really Jeremy yeah. Jackson? Yeah. I didn't think it was working. And then I met someone and they were like, yeah, when I came to move to Toronto, the reason I know who you are is that I looked up famous new media, <laughs> famous new media artists in Toronto and your name came up on Google. Um, so like sometimes, I, I, so I think like where I want to start this conversation, I don't know where you want to go, but like is, you know, does naming matter? I think there is like, there is something to it. Like, Oh, naming matters so much. It's, I really think naming is, is a way of, uh, uh, it, it, th- there's a po- poetic side to it and then there's a, a sort of anchoring in memory side. I, th- I think both, mm-hmm. I think if you, I always think of the word ready-made, that the Marcel Duchamp invented this category of artworks where you take something and don't change anything about it, you just say it's art. Yeah. So, um, like a and, it, and it was a new category, like a new genre. So, you have to come up with a name and the name is nice and fast and it kind of fits it. And it's like, yeah, it's already made. It was already made. And mm-hmm. and then because it's a name, it, it can be discussed. I think if it doesn't have a name, someone else will name it. And a lot of art movements were sort of coined by um, journalists in a, in a derogatory sort of a teasing manner, like impressionism or fauvism or movements like that where... Even minimalism, most of the artists didn't like the name, mm-hmm. uh, but it was just thrown at them. But you need the name for it to be, have a position and to be discussed and to uh, have yeah, an impact. Yeah, and yeah, yeah I, I, I think, uh, I mean, you can get really deep on the analysis of language. Like, can you navigate the world without words if you only had images and you were a child and you grew up without text and you... How could you discern a pear from an apple without words? And well, I think you're making a great point in terms of discussion. I think where some artists get uncomfortable is, you know, the line between making art and and branding and product naming and things like that. And um, and so it feels sometimes commercial um, or crass to name something for, you know, for on those terms, right? So there are actually rules for how products get named, Um there's a science behind it. There's a lot of snake oil salesmen out there. Like, I'll figure out the perfect name. But there are some. But there's like, also a lot of poetry of, behind it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's the, well the number one rule is that that the you know memory is tied to kind of emotion, not logic, right? So people who name things like and this is very common in art, which I've always found kind of interesting, which is like, you know, like the example is of like one example in in the corporate sector would be like when they named the Swiffer, they wanted to call it like like Easy Mop or something like that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And like that's a descriptive name, and there's a school of thought that says like people should know what your product does. It should be called like the Easy Mop. Oh, it's a mop that's easy, Easy but, Jet. Yeah, yeah, but you know they called it the Swiffer because that sound sounds good. Like it's no one Swiss. likes mopping anyway. <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. sounds like sweeping, but with an ifer. Like there's a certain emotion that's tied to the sound of the word that they invented, and and it, and and you would argue that actually probably did improve the result because I think at the same yeah. time when the Swiffer came out, there was like another product called like from a competing brand that was descriptive and it just didn't do as well. It's, it's funny bringing up these kind of names and I'm thinking of Shopify and such a good word because mm. it, it, it enables anyone to create a shop. Do you want to Shopify what you're doing? It's a verb. And I think verbs are very powerful when you say, oh, let me Google that. But then I think one of the most successful companies is Amazon and no one says I'm going to Amazon that. You say, well, I'll order it on Amazon. Which I think, yeah, there are categories I think, of names. Like, I think Amazon it, it's, it became successful in spite of its name, not thanks to its name. Well, I mean, yeah, you're probably right. But apparently the story behind the, the name Amazon is that it's especially, it's actually especially, uh, it's supposed to be emotionally evocative. What is the Amazon? It's the world's largest um, river. 
And, you know, so what is the world's largest marketplace? It's Amazon, right? So, mm. I mean, it's actually pretty crass when you think about it. Yeah. Like, but um, it doesn't have the same power. Like, like I would say Microsoft is, it never became a verb. And Google is, is such a, it's on everyone's mind. Like, let me Google that. Uh, mm-hmm. it, I, I think, uh, I think companies, may, maybe what I'm trying to get at is if the product's really good and the name is bad, it, it's still okay. Like yeah, Microsoft is a terrible name and it still did okay. Well, when they named, yeah, that's a good example. When they named Google, they actually made a mistake, but they were trying to, they were referring to like a Googleplex or something, which is a a number. Our listener, there's probably yeah. a listener that knows the real story here. Yeah. And they misspelled it um, and they ended up with Google. Mm. I think the naming of Alphabet is kind of more interesting. You know, their parent company, because you wouldn't assume a, like a, a name like Alphabet Exists. But Alphabet like, really didn't stick. People still talk about Google's quarter that's, results. That's true. That's true. I was just thinking yeah. it, it was amazing that they were able to get a noun. Because, you know, at this point, there's so many things in the world that have been named. When you're naming something, you know, you're trying to be unique. That's like a key thing, right? Because to your point earlier about discussion, if you have a discussion and people are like, no, the other alphabet, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. It doesn't really yeah, work. Yeah, well, so. it, it's funny, uh, even this comes up in, in the way we navigate the world. So if, if you use Google and you search for the word Apple, are you looking for the fruit or the computer or the record label? And, yeah. Yeah, and then you get to this weird area where names also become a way of how you define your bubble because Google will learn from your behavior and then it starts interpreting the meaning of the words. It starts learning what you think the word means. Mm-hmm. But what do you like? How do you actually go about it personally as an artist? Because I think you know, that was the the, the yeah. framing of the question. Let's get a little more practical, a little how to. Yeah. You um, actually have a process, like. Well, one of the things I do in general, because I think one of the things that came up in the question is that naming things is stressful, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, I I think. I think any any how to question in art should first just be the removal of fear. I think that solves everything. I just um, but like what I could guess go, what could go wrong? Like if you're if you know if you don't name it correctly, what's what's that, what's at risk? Well, some, I, some one, one of my like, uncles, one I have many uncles, but one of my uncles named his first child Disney. I don't know why. Mm. He's like your first name is Disney. Disney Even though Rosendale. Disney was the last name, he should have named him yeah. Walt. Yeah. yeah. So he named the kid Disney Rosendale. When the kid was about five years old, he's like, "Oh, this name is messed up. My name is Eric." <laughs> and he, he renamed himself. So you can make a mistake. My it's brother okay. did the same thing. His name was Eric, actually, and he renamed himself Sean. But that was just yeah. his like, middle name. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess that's one way of, of uh, reducing the risk is you give the kid five names and then they can pick later. Mm-hmm. But uh, in general, my approach to uh, reducing stress in creative decisions is to constantly make lists. I, I always make lists of ideas and uh, making small works and uh, writing down names that you might use in the future. It, it takes off the pressure when you need something because then your fridge is full and you're ready to cook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that that's my only tip. Like, uh, but like you, when, whenever you, you go you around, of, you're like, you oh, that's an interesting word. I should I should do something with that. But you do you name all of your artworks. Does everyone uh, have a name? Okay. Well, first of. Uh, the most obvious is the websites that each have a domain name. Mm-hmm. And so... So you needed a name for them to even exist. Yeah. Like, and and, and uh, what I like about the domain name is that it's at the same time uh, what makes the work uh, a unique tradable object, but it's also the location and it's the way you remember where the work is. Mm-hmm. So if you go to IamVeryVerySorry.com, that's one of my first domain names. And that one in particular, the the imagery is also the text and the name. It's all, it's a very domain piece. But the, with domain names in specific, specifically, there's a game of finding something that's available. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's how we named this podcast, wasn't it? It was like... <laughs> yeah. And then one of the tools I use is called uh, Bust a Name. And uh, you enter a bunch of keywords and it'll find combinations that are available. So... You, you, I don't know, you put lettuce, tomato, and uh, some other names, and it'll find combinations of that that are available. Hmm. Lamedo.com. 
No, no, no. It'll be like tomatolettuce.com, lettucetomato.com, cucumbertomato.com, and it'll see what's available. It's pretty unsophisticated. It also has a tool that it can add uh, an R after the word, like tomato, like Flickr. Oh, yeah. That reminds me, Shopify has like a business name generator like that, and I've tried it. Yeah, that's what I mean. So there's there's all these tools, like it'll be i hyphen tomato.com mm-hmm. or something and and uh, all those kind of things or tomatoshop.com and mm-hmm. yeah so that that's one practical tool that i use to find domain names but uh on the on the uh, idea side of it uh, it it's very intuitive but i usually find the name after i find the work but i i write down a lot of just whenever i'm somewhere and i'm like oh that's an interesting word i want to do something with it i save a note mhm I mean, I'm very much like, uh, it's a bit weird for me because most of my artworks um, are brands. But for a period of time, I was doing videos and the name. So when I do a brand, like as an artwork, I go through a whole process of like how I would design a brand for a client. Um, And yeah, and it involves just like trying to get something that's memorable, that sounds good, that's unique. Like I take in all the rules and I try and come up with something. Other times things, something just Is that something you do by yourself? Um, yeah, I, I typically do it by myself, but actually I was just thinking like the, in the question, like, what about lean artists? So the, I remember exactly when I named that I was, uh, giving a talk or I was workshopping a workshop with some other artists in, in, um, Hamburg. And I think Adam Harvey was there and I'd just read or been reading like all these lean series books and lean startup and running lean. There's a whole series of these lean UX, um, and then I was like, I think I want to call this thing Lean Startup. Oh, sorry, Lean Lean Artist after Lean Startup. But I don't know if anyone's going to understand it. And Adam Harvey was like, um, who's another artist, like tech-based artist? He was like, yeah, I think it's great. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I just I kind of went with it. Yeah. You know, the, I just needed to know that one person would understand it. But and the, yeah, know. I think Lean Artist, uh, it, it says everything immediately. So it's very effective. And then... I've I've struggled with some names like uh, BYOB is an acronym. But it's usually bring your own booze, mm-hmm. and then it was bring your own Beamer. But people in Germany and the Netherlands use Beamer for projector. But mm-hmm. in general, so I, it, the name stuck and it's fine. But it's not a perfect name that if you didn't know the idea, you would immediately understand what it is. But if you think and about like, I, I, yeah. I just want to give some examples of where I it didn't work out. The same with my lenticular works. I yeah. was trying to find, should I call them kinetic paintings or something like, because it's this weird category of they hang on the wall like a painting, but they kind of uh, uh, behave like a computer. Mm-hmm. So what do you call them? And I didn't really succeed in finding a descriptive name. Like I, I think the word lenticular is kind of hard for people to remember. So how did, what, it, what, it, what was your naming strategy in the end? Well, I gave it a title, the series, Into Time, based on a website that I'd done before, and that's sort of an associative thing more than descriptive. So, mm-hmm. um, But I think I didn't succeed in finding a word like ready-made that really covers it. I do think so. So if, if any, any listeners, like, I just thought motion painting sounded really cheesy. So It does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's the same reason why Smart Mop or Easy Mop sounds cheesy. Because yeah, it's not yeah. a, it, there's no emotion, you know. It's just yeah. too descriptive. Yeah, but the if you, le- I guess if you manage to, to hit the sweet spot of mm-hmm. cool and poetic and descriptive, yeah, that's a great yeah. place to be. I was thinking, like historically, how often do we, outside of your ready-made example, the actual artwork names? You know, obviously we could all name the Mona Lisa. Um, we could name the Scream. Um, which is yeah, like, like like what's what's the name of the thirty six uh, Campbell soup cans as a as a whole that that it's in the MoMA the the Warhol work. Yeah, I don't know. What's the title Campbell of soup. that work? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that the the volume of product that an artist puts out puts like kind of dilutes the value of the name, except for several iconic works that they might create. Well, like think think of the word Starry happening. That was like a new category, the same thing. And it's a very good word, uh, mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that word was used for art before. There's a certain yeah, moment and it's ironic because coined like, that term. Yeah, it's ironic too because fluxus is such a terrible um, movement term because you can't really, you can't use it as 
um, a pronoun, like a flux. You're, you can't be a fluxist. A fluxite. You, yeah. 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 And so it's always, you can never refer to the people who are fluxus. <laughs> well, maybe this is encouraging for their listeners when they're nervous about naming. It's like 99% of the time people get it wrong. Yeah. It's I very mean, rare I, for people to get it I think that you right. just have so many opportunities to name that. Um, but I think early yeah, but, on in your uh, career, you've maybe made three pieces. Each one does feel like, so I just like a failure on my side, like I was doing videos and I got into this pattern. I, I said I was going to name everything the future of, it was going to be the future of television, the future of this, the future of painting, the future of that. And like, ultimately, like I, I it became boring and not, not interesting, right? Like for me, but also mm. like it was starting to dictate the terms of what I would make. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't, you know, I think you're right not to stress too much about it because I can also remember doing a video, like I would do all this painting software and I did video paint 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. But at a certain point I was like, you know, it's like Photoshop 5.5. It, yeah, it, you know, that's a good point. That, that's a very good point because it, there's a specific thing in software where you're constantly versioning. You're, if you're developing generative imagery, and your programming, each each uh, different line of code or each different value is kind of a different work. Yeah, and you get and that was a big part of me for why I needed the domain names is that I feel like a lot of digital artists just have these piles of files. That's a funny name, piles of files. <laughs> um, and and it's it just which one is the is the work and is that an important question or is it about the flow of all the versions? But I've I've found that naming things is what finishes the work and then you leave it at, at that and they're like okay it's done and I'll leave it there forever and it, it yeah. and then on to the next work so it's kind of it gives you closure to name the work you know it's what's interesting like, okay. if I just reflect on my own process though is like when I start a project you're right I'll often name a folder yeah and 7b.5 yeah whatever it is and then it's usually pretty descriptive like Berlin show <laughs> something and then I'll come back like um, the project will evolve and eventually I'll have a, a name associated with it. Like let's take my last project UAR and then I'll like a, another few years will pass and I'll be looking for the files related to that artwork. And I'll be like, Oh yeah, UAR of course. But it's like, everything's been labeled Berlin. Show, yeah. <laughs> and I can't find it, but it's true that it, it's not the first but, thing that but I But that's do. an interesting point. Like if you can't even find it on your computer, how are, <laughs> is the world going to find it? Yeah. So it, it, that's a very important. And I, just to give also a reflection on how unimportant names can be related to the success of the project, I have this series called Shadow Objects. So they're pieces of steel that hang away two inches from the wall. They're white, and then it, it creates it casts a shadow. And I like the name Shadow Object, because a shadow is not an object, but this object mm -hmm. generates a shadow. So I think the name uh, describes the work, and uh, I like it. But it's far less successful than my lenticular works. And no one can remember the word lenticular. They're like, yeah, what, are, what is it called? So <laughs> that kind of proves that the name is not really related to the success of the work. But, uh, yeah. I mean, lenticular, yeah, you're right, has to be one of the worst names possible just because it's hard to pronounce. And so I think yeah, also, yeah. you know, an and hard to remember that you're often, if you're making work, you're there's a likelihood today that you're making it for the whole world. Like, you know, if, especially if you have an online portfolio, maybe you're starting in your local community, but at some point someone in Germany is going to have trouble pronouncing it or Japan or wherever. Um, and I think that that is also a challenge, like how to make it um, again, coming back to your original point, which I think is a good one, which is both discuss and find the work are our primary like use values for naming um, and then, of course, we have all this emotional stuff. But you do have to, you you do have to think about like, is it? Am I tor? I mean, you could be conceptual about it and torture your audience. Like, if you're Jody, I think it, you know one point would be like you intentionally use unpronounceable. Yeah, you, zero one 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 zero 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 zero. It's impossible to find, and that's the whole point. That's the name is part of the the concept in such a manner that it's about being abrasive or difficult or non normative. Yeah. Um, if your goal, if that's your goal, that's actually great for your brand. That's like that's a great naming strategy. I think there's probably some strategy that we should. I, I, I think out. where I think uh, where it gets cringy or too commercial is when you emphasize all the efficiencies of naming and and don't think of the mm -hmm. the feeling. And I think if you go feeling first, then probably the branding thing will work out too. 
I mean, so, for me, it's really hard to say just because every one of my names is a joke. Like for me, yeah. and the audience doesn't necessarily always get the joke, but I'm laughing and it's too clever. And I think that's actually a rule. Like you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to, <laughs> to make your name too clever. But like, you know, when I came up with the U Museum as an example, I wanted people to confuse it with the new museum because I could, there's this kind I love of rule that name. of, of yeah. piggyback, you can piggyback on top of another yeah. more important thing. But the brand. U Museum is, is fun <laughs> because the, the just the way it moves when you say, the way your mouth moves when you say the name. <laughs> yeah, there's like a, yeah. it's intentionally designed to kind of trip you up, but it also in marketing, there's this cliche that everything Was it is also, about you and the audience. Yeah. And Was it a play on the on the whole uh, iPhone, I, everything yeah. with the I? Yeah. yeah, everything being about you. Um, and I, I was just shocked. I remember being shocked that like no one had this term. Now I recently did UAR, which was like an extension of that same series. And then I found out like three months later, someone had actually already launched a whole company called UAR. Mm. And I felt kind of stupid, you know, because it was trademarked. And it's like, and then I was like, wait a second. As an artist, I don't need to trademark my painting name. Like, imagine like Van Gogh going out and and seeking a trademark. Like, maybe it no, because really you you could make a painting of a Coke bottle and call it Coke bottle, and there's no problem. Yeah. So your point about fear earlier, like, th- there's even less <laughs> in the world of of art yeah, making because I, I feel like one of the blessings is when you've given up. That's when things start rolling. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's never going to work out for me. And then I, I found that sometimes that's the best way. Yeah, but I think you have to still be comfortable with the name. Like, you have to be comfortable sharing it. Like, you're going to give an artist talk, and you don't want to cringe when you say it. Um, mm. <laughs> I, I had a because then you won't I, share it. Yeah, no, I had a musical group with a friend uh, under the name of Cold Void. But originally, oh, yeah, like I wanted to call the band uh, Deep Sadness, and he's like, "No, I can't tell people I made a band called Deep Sadness." <laughs> <laughs> I like Cold Void though. I think that's a great name. Um, yeah, and, but I, I got I that name from a there's a, a black metal band, and the the lead singer had that tattooed on his knuckles. So I was like, oh, okay, that works. That's interesting. So there, there's always like a little bit of a story though, or a narrative behind. Um, well, maybe yeah. not always, but in that case, I like when there is a story behind a name. Yeah. Um, apparently, people are like much more engaged with um, anything really that has a narrative attached to it, because we think in stories. So. I mean, the artwork is going to have a story about it, but if the name, you know, is to become something extremely, um, you know, we're talking about endurance here. Like, if it's something that people are going to share and talk about, um, having a narrative tied to the name is a good strategy. I think um, also it's, it's that, that name it, kind of thing. Sorry. No, no, like just. Oh yeah, just, but know, it, the, I think it's the Thomas Edison thing where you just keep trying, and at, at some point something's got to work. Mm-hmm. I can't help but shake this feeling, though, that we still it still f- feels like the mystical, you know, versus like, and, you know, that not that it should be But that's be why scientific. it's interesting. Yeah, I think that is why it's interesting. <laughs> like, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I've heard stuff like, it should rhyme, it should sound good, it should, you know, no, it should no. be descriptive. I, I think all these, all these books with methods, like, they don't get to the heart of it. Well, and there's these companies, right, that specialize in naming, and you're just like, yeah. you know, how do these con artists get <laughs> I think they're at the end of the day. Well, I have a story there. I wasn't sure if I should share it or not, but uh, there was an art movement that uh, Miltus Moneta started, and I was a part of uh, called Nien, N E E N. And he was seeing this sort of new art on the screen, and he wanted a word for it. Normally, journalists coin a term, but. And then he found some art foundation, and the whole art foundation was based on creating dream projects of artists and helping them to support them. So he's like, I want to get this naming company. And it was the, I think they were called Lexicon. Mm-hmm. And they created terms like uh, PowerBook and they, they coined the name BlackBerry <laughs> for the company. So oh, supposedly yeah. $100,000 was paid for this new art movement. No. And they came up with the word Neen because it was sort of between new and screen and things like that. And... um but the the whole tragedy of the the thing is that they lost the domain name and like you you pay a hundred thousand to to um, coin a term for a digital web based art movement and then you can't even hold on to the domain name because the foundation had the the login for the domain name and they lost it and whatever so I, to me that's one of the biggest uh, money worth spent in in branding ever like. It, it, if you Google the word Neen, the art movement doesn't even show up. That's how obscure it is. 
is oh, kind of really? cool too. But if if you're gonna figure out a a word that better stick, no, like. A, well then, the, yeah. It, who says that these companies are going to get it right every time as well? Like, and also it sounds well. Like that's the, it, again not my point. Critical, like, but, I, I, I think yeah. this this takes away the whole fear thing. It's like people make mistakes all the time, and then you just redo it, even if it's your child's name. Just, well, yeah. have you ever renamed an artwork? Uh, no, you just make it the next work. Mm, I see what you're saying. You yeah. just you just add one more breaststroke and you change the name. <laughs> yeah, but but the the name I'm most proud of that I thought of was for our dog. We called her Soda, and mm-hmm. I, I like it because everyone in the neighborhood when we're walking, they're like, "Oh, it's Soda!" And everyone remembers the name immediately, mm, and it kind of. I just thought of Soda as like being a sort of energetic entity with bubbles, and a, a puppy is kind of like an explosive thing. So uh, that was the idea, but. You know, yeah. Yeah, but again, you're evoking something greater than the description of the dog. Yeah, but it wouldn't be a good um, brand name to call a brand soda. Well, I called my cat Scully, and it, yeah. it, like, it just stuck because she looked like a skeleton, but, you know, there's a 90s trend going on. Is she on. a red hair? <laughs> no, red cat? No, she's not red hair. And she, she has, like, black and white, but she looks... Her nose has a black triangle over it, so she looks like a skeleton. Okay. Um, but ultimately, people think not of the Scully X-Files. like the X Files. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, when you're naming, but stuff, yeah, well, naming a kid that's a lot of pressure. I, I, I always grew up, uh, so my name was chosen that it would work in uh, easy to pronounce in different languages and would work in Brazil, but also in Europe. And at the time, not a lot of kids were named Rafael. I think now it's more. Uh, in in the Netherlands and but I just grew up always people saying oh what's your name and everyone becoming happy when I said my name like, oh that's such a nice name and that's kind of what if you could do anything is like oh if you could create positive energy mm-hmm. around this new human being well you also got you got a you got a master artist's name in your first name yeah that was later and that was actually I would go to art school, and then the drawing teacher would be like, oh, your name is Raphael. Let's see what you can do. <laughs> so you named after one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Let's see how, <laughs> how good your karate is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think my name is so boring. My, 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 actually bro- my brother and sister named me after a television show, their favorite kids show, Jeremy the Bear at the time. Oh. And, uh, what what, yeah, what would you, do you think would have been a better name for you? Um, I've never actually, you know what, that's a great question because I think in the last few decades it's become common, not just for people to put on a stage name, but for, especially in certain communities and and among a lot of uh, my queer friends to like reinvent oneself and and give oneself a new name. Yeah. Like a fresh start. Yeah. And, um, and there's also a lot of artists who've made work under different names because that it's a different body of work. Uh, There's, uh, Theo von Duisburg, who was known for this uh, architecture and painting in the style and in that art movement in the, in the yeah. early twenties, and then he wanted to do Dada works, and he invented a different name for that. Or there's like costs, or you know, you've got you know costs. Well, like- graffiti graffiti is a specific thing where you you're criminally liable, so you want to have a different name. Oh yeah, I guess that that makes a ton of sense, but it's yeah. still like. It ends up laddering up into discussions regarding brand and personal brand. Yeah. Um, I was la- last night actually. My panel was on like virtual influencers, and there's this this movement towards creating like virtual characters who are influencers on Instagram, right? And they're not real people; they're just like 3D models that get posed in like influencer positions, and they wear clothes, and they do like co sponsorship deals with Gucci and stuff. And all, but <laughs> Gucci ultimately, is such a good name. It's yeah, it's a great name. But ultimately, you're right. It's no different than an artist assuming a pseudonym, or or even like you know, obviously the most famous one is Banksy, which I honestly I find his brand and it, obviously his work is terrible. But like, I hate the name Banksy too because it has bank in it. Like it's the opposite of subversive. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I don't know. What it, uh, it's I, I mean I, I, I can't th- deny I it's think, successful. I think uh, what happened to the art world is the art world was so small. Mm-hmm. That you didn't have to do. De- You're very used to music that there's just a whole s- scope of music that's not for you. 
And I don't think in art it was that way. It was very isolated, like this ivory tower. And, and then art branched out to the people, and then the people want something different. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, I'm not a fan of Britney Spears, but I can understand people love it. And then uh, you don't get pissed about Britney Spears, but like artists get pissed about Cause or Banksy or mm-hmm. whatever. Hashtag free Britney Spears. No, I hear what you're saying. Like, there's, got, there's <laughs> yeah. room for everyone. But yeah, um, That's a good name, Britney Spears. It's relatable. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> you definitely, you can reboot her brand, and there's probably emotional energy similar to Soda behind it. If you're looking yeah. for a new pseudonym, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think the pop stars are really the masters of of Lady Gaga and Madonna oh no. and those kind of names. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, another annoying name that I can't deny has been <laughs> successful. Yeah. Lady Gaga, but again, it does obey that rule of like kind of sounds. You know, if you if it sounds memorable and it sounds somewhat um, alliterative, it can. Yeah. There's a rhythm to it. The ga ga, the doubling up. Um, yeah, it should work. I think a lot of successful names are very. It just came to someone. They didn't think about them for too long. It's like mm. yeah, that's yeah. It. Well, I think I, I, oh, the only I, I can't I can't just like I can't say that I can refer to my own my own process and. In my own process, it, it's somewhat like that. And I usually try it just to bring it back to like kind of reality. Like I usually try a few variations of something. If I'm really honest, like it doesn't. It's not always just a eureka. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like during the development process, be like, what about this? What about that? Mm, you know. And then there's usually a moment where it crystallizes, and you're like, this is it, kind of thing. Yeah. I'm trying to think of examples of artists that uh, change their names because pop stars, it's it's very common. And then when you think of comedians, they usually use their given name, like uh, Richard Pryor or Dave Chappelle. I, I don't think they change their name. Or no, that's true. Jerry Seinfeld. But then for some reason, pop stars, they all invent their names and that's fine. And then artists... I, there's this, uh, I think he's a German artist called Blinky Palermo, and but it, that wasn't his real name, but uh, he named himself after a legendary mobster or something. I think he was in Joseph Boyce's class, and either Joseph Boyce named him or someone in the class, and that name just stands out so much. If you go, it, he makes abstract paintings, and you see all these boring names, and then there's Blinky Palermo, <laughs> and you immediately want to be like, what? <laughs> what? What kind of work is that? But I think you're making a point, um, or one point would just be that the artist's name is potentially like of greater importance, or the movement name. Like, there's kind of a hierarchy of naming, and the artwork name probably isn't at the top of the the pile. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you're, you know, your own name is probably the thing that's going to be discussed the most and shared. To your point at the very beginning of the podcast. But the the weird thing is, like, it there there are all these parts to what makes a good work, and whether mm-hmm. it's the 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 way the artist dresses or the way the artist behaves or their charisma, or is it the work itself or is it the name? And all those things can help or not. And then at the end, it just, the pieces fall together. I always think of Olafur Eliasson and it took me like oh five years to remember his name. Oh my God. I still And now struggle. everyone knows his name <laughs> and it's very unique. There's not a lot of people called Olafur Eliasson, but in the beginning people like, and you just can't remember the name. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what they say in branding it costs a lot of money to you know to make that happen or to make that stick right like yeah for apple not yeah. to be called apple computer because apple was called apple computer and they they slowly you know redesigned their name and logo to get to this point where it's so iconic but to get there they had to spend billions if not trillions of dollars in advertising that's but that's one way of looking at it. It's also that they just had a killer product, and especially with the iPhone, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great name too. Uh, so that's expensive too to have a killer product. I mean, people yeah. are gonna. Yeah, you're right. Like, so people are gonna remember because of how you made them feel. But not then, because of- whether you like Olafur Eliasson's work or not, it's very mm-hmm. spectacular, and uh, it, it's it's great for this age of uh, where people want to photograph themselves in the work, and so it really fits the time. And then. If his name was Blinky Palermo, maybe he'd be double as successful, you know. Well, I'm definitely in quite often in this place where I am like trying to remember the artist's name. And actually what I end up doing is typing into Google 
a description of the artwork, not even the artwork name. I'll just type yeah. the description of the artwork. Like, and, and like, for example, um, you know, this doesn't always work out well for the artist. The, the most famous example I can think of is the Anish Kapoor uh, sculpture in Chicago, which most the people bean? refer to as the bean, but is actually yeah. called Cloudgate. Um, yeah, yeah. No one remembers. Yeah, the yeah. bean is actually a way better name. It looks like a bean. <laughs> is a bean. You know, like what's what's? Why didn't you call it, it the bean? Because he, it like, reminds <laughs> me. Uh, it, there's this uh, designer Massimo Vignelli, mm-hmm. who's known for a lot of great yeah. uh, corporate design in a certain era. And it's not about names, but he he designed this cup, and it it was a certain kind of cup where the the handle. Uh, opened up the cup a little bit. It's hard to describe. But anyways, the, in the end, they had to close it off because Americans top off their mug full of coffee. And he's an Italian, so he would only put a little bit of coffee in it. And he said, in the end, uh, vulgarity always wins. That was his. <laughs> so that's the, yeah, that's the same think, uh, with the bean. Like the, the vulgarity wins. It's just the most effective. Yeah. Well, I guess the point I'm trying to make is like, no matter what you decide, you know, if it's a great work um, and people love it, They'll probably in, endear it with their own name. Um, yeah, that, that yeah. Them the, to the, share. The, they had that new uh, neighborhood in New York. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm blanking on the name. Which is a, this is interesting to talk about. We're always trying to oh, find where names. the vessel is. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. then yeah, they they but Hudson Yards. Hudson yeah, Yard, so yeah. it's this it's this new neighborhood that basically looks like a airport. It's just everything shiny and without any soul and expensive apartments and then they're like oh we need an icon like the eiffel tower so they created the vessel but now everybody calls it the shawarma because it just looks like a, <laughs> a shawarma or like a donor sort of meat roll <laughs> yeah i hadn't heard so, that but i assume like um if you take like uh one of the most famous sculptures outside of the bean would be like robert indiana's um love sculpture i actually don't yeah. know if, if that's the name but i would just no. refer to it as the love sculpture well it, it we're talking about naming artworks, but artworks uh, are primarily visual. They're not text. So, but that's a text-based work. So that, uh, yeah. But what if the name of that sculpture is is uh, the, the the landscape I want to live in, or whatever? <laughs> yeah. I hope not. But I mean, it's also similar to uh, Damien Hirst's shark. Like, is that called shark? I don't think so. No, no. It has a long name. I think. <laughs> I, I'm I'm, tr- I'm going to look it up. The Robert Indiana Love. Well, yeah, what is that? I'm curious. But the point here might be like to erase everything we said prior to this time, which is ultimately if the work is successful, your audience is going to name it. I think it's called Love, yeah. Oh, okay. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Why complicate it? Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Well, um, I think in new media, the the area I come from, there's so much naming that was like, so silly in that it was like there's almost like category naming conventions like oh yeah this is like earth model number four six seven nine like everything was a sci-fi movie or something yeah and and, i was always uh, lots of numbers with dots yeah exactly Uh, yeah exactly and uh, even like early internet works like you know and i'm I'm, when i say internet works internet 2.0 like post 2000 there was often like a lot of ascii characters used in the naming as like a punk um, yeah. aesthetic. But at a certain point, it became so formulaic that you're like, yo, ease up on your like cute, <laughs> you know, like movement names. Put some emoji um, in the title. Yeah. yeah, like I'm so glad I didn't <laughs> put emojis in my title. I did, yeah, with certain types of works where I make versions of a certain work, then I put the date in the name. So mm. uh, the, the lenticular works, then I call them into time and then uh, 2-0 for the year 2020 and then 10 mm-hmm. for October and whatever date the, the work was made. Well, you remind me that the only time a, a name's going to show up is in like potentially in your portfolio, um, but yeah, probably a on a, or or a, a catalog or a label. And um, so people are going to look at the work first and then they're going to look at the label. Um, yeah, but I do think that if, if you invent a, a new category, like let's say you make AR sculptures, Mm-hmm. And AR sculpture is fine. It's a fine name, but what if you call them? Uh, oh, God, you, you know, <laughs> you call them uh, cloud moments or whatever, oh, okay. and 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 it becomes more memorable and and exciting. The thing I thought you were going to say is, 
a art or something like that. Like, which is no, <laughs> no but what, what if you called it like a, a cloud being or, you know, or a, I don't know. Yeah, 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 you're right. They should be called like Steam software, like Steam well, something it, or like, it, what, yeah. Maybe what we're talking about is these abstract concepts. And cloud is a good example. Cloud computing. There's no cloud. It's all just computers stuck to cables. They're not oh. in the sky. Yeah, and I have a story about that. everyone just calls too. it cloud like, computing. Because um, I was working in software when the term cloud became popular in a marketing sense. The, the term actually is pretty old. Like it's existed for decades. Um, but in the mid 2000s, it started to gain marketing traction because software companies wanted to distinguish between that is desktop software and this is cloud software. And people yeah. had been saying, well, it's just online software. Network but that was confusing. software. Yeah. And yeah. it was kind of, but it was kind of confusing for consumers because that's like, what I mean. This is what I mean. So it, it's, you add a very powerful element when you add it, take an abstract concept and summarize it in a visual word. I, I think. Mm-hmm. I I've succeeded with some works and I didn't succeed with others and the same for you. Mm-hmm. And I think you could say is naming important and I, should I be scared of failure? Well, you should definitely try and just try to see what sticks. But I really think it's not a it's not a cynical thing of like oh I want to maximize profit. It's no you're you're taking a very complicated thing and make it palpable. Like a web page isn't a page, but how else are we going to talk about it? <laughs> That's right. It's a bit of a Marshall McLuhan thing where yeah. you know, you kind of need to refer to something that people understand um from the past. Um you know, there like you can't you can't really do it outside of the rearview mirror. There needs to be the history of some experience, some skeuomorphism basically. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's a good point because you you make it touchable. Even mm-hmm. if it's not touchable, yeah, and ultimately that's about access. And your, yeah. I think your original point is still the right one, which is like, how can you facilitate a discussion or a conversation um, without you know being annoying or turning people away? Um, yeah. there's and- also a there's a danger to it that you can name something and make it cuter than it actually is, or you can make it sound more dangerous than it actually is, and mm-hmm. uh, it. It, it, words are very powerful. Yeah, and it's so funny because in corporate uh, culture, especially in like fashion brands, there's a trend toward, you know, what you would consider more like artistic naming conventions, like really difficult or non like or no name, you know, like brandless brands. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I do think that all of that actually, like, if we were to boil it down, just comes down to the original point of conversation because. By doing that, they're bucking convention. By bucking convention, you become part of the conversation. And I know that sounds super cheesy, but once you're part of the, you know, at the end of the day, all we are doing at, in culture is passing along information. Um, and emo- and that, it, but a lot of times it's emotional, yeah. right? So, and the name is like an energy bundle. Like, uh, the, I'm thinking of flowers. If you go to a rose garden or orchids, that constantly making new types of flowers by crossbreeding and mm-hmm. mutations. So they have to come up with names all the time. If you go to a rose garden, they're very funny names there. Yeah, Rainbow oh, Moon. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because yeah. I guess they would have done like the like Latin thing for a long time. Um, no, no, they always have funny descriptive uh, uh, sort of cinematic names. In the background, though, they do have the Latin names, which no one remembers, right? It'd be like Flacus yeah. Don Funkendus, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's you're but, not gonna, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna. But then they they, they call them Funky Brewster or something, yeah. <laughs> I want that funky rooster. <laughs> Only appeals to people born after 1987, though. Yeah, or before 1987. Yeah. And and uh, I, I don't think I want to go out on a limb and suggest a name for Nels Nelson's kid, but. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. I, I thought good I point. Why wouldn't it be yeah. good point? You know, good second name point. <laughs> oh man, those kids would grow up with conceptual <laughs> artist names. Why it, not have oh it, yeah, the, good is isn't a great the Grimes and Elon Musk gave their kid a difficult name? Yeah, yeah, that's why I was joking. I mean, I should have brought that up earlier, but that's kind of the joke of like putting emoji. Like that just seems like something that as an internet artist I would have done in 2010. Yeah, now, like like you ask someone, uh, someone was called uh, Nightblade or something, and they were yeah. born in 1984. I think that's why Grimes makes a lot of people cringe these days to a certain extent. Is just that some of the tactics she's deploying are kind of already they've already we've already gone through that maybe not maybe it's the pop cultural version of of stuff that 
um, I thought was subcultural. Well, maybe it comes well. back in style. Like it's out of style for yeah, a while. Yeah, that's true. And there's a, a friend of mine, uh, Josephine Bosma. She's a net art critic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, love an art historian. And she named her kid Data. Uh, D-A-T-A. I love that name. And, it's one of the yeah, best Yeah, and then the daughter really hated the name as a teenager and had another name for a while. But then she studied art and was also interested in new media and then she embraced <laughs> the name. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like such a gift if my parents had you know, given me a name like that. What a gift. <laughs> Data Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> that's just like you're printing. It's a blank check for a child's. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. You, you should have been called I.O. or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is funny, though, because when you get into this stuff, you kind of start to think about, well, what names should I really be questioning? Like the mouse, you know, it's like, yeah. it's such a but bizarre the, thing that we accept as normal. Yeah, there are certain things that you mentioned. I don't believe in rules without inspiration. But once you start brainstorming, there are certain rules that rhythm, memorability, uniqueness. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, like, is it is it pleasant to pronounce it a 100 times? Or do you get tired of saying it? Yeah, like one of the rules is like internationally, the the letter V is like, though I don't think it's great for audio, frankly. It's pronounced in different ways in different languages. Yeah, but apparently it's like it it evokes the same emotion uh, internationally. But a, a V is pronounced as a B in Spanish, so I, I think uh, that's a tricky one. Man, yeah. I, t- I take that one back then. <laughs> I, I mean, my, my parents thought my name was easy to pronounce around the world, but the R and the the letter well, R and L are quite difficult in Japan. So then, they, well, Jeremy is like, a, yeah, Jeremy's a mess. But B is apparently yeah. anything with a B sound is pretty easy. Um, so I, people usually get my last name. Yeah, but um, you don't want to be called Bob. Like uh, oh. it's easy to pronounce, but then it's kind of. Yeah, and that's funny because it's based on Robert. I don't know how they figured that out. Um, yeah, how how did Richard become Dick and Robert become Bob? <laughs> I uh, think it was just like I, people were, yeah, chill. They were chill on the name thing. They are like, oh, yeah, Bob, yeah. Robert, whatever you want. <laughs> I, I do want to give a shout out to Christina's parents, naming her Christina Latina. They thought that that name sounds made up. It, it sounds as if, like a pop star, but yeah, um, it's a real name. And has she ever had any flack from the Latin X community from the for the Latina part, or is that like uh, no? It's her real last name. Yeah, no, I, I guess so. Yeah, in, in terms yeah. of like, it makes sense. It's great yeah. to have that rhyming. <laughs> it's like Kirby Enthusiasm episode where they adopt a family from New Orleans after the hurricane, and they're a black family, but their last name is the Blacks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we're we're not expert, but the whole point of this thing is no one's an expert at it. There are some things that just sound good. If it sounds good to you, try it on a few other people, probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but don't call your kid uh, detergent or something like that just because it sounds good. But data is good. Crypto would be cool. <laughs> Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Uh, how much Bitcoin do you have? Uh, I bought a hundred dollars in twenty eighteen. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, it's now worth, it was worth like nothing. It had gone down to like $10. And it's now worth, um, it's a, it's 50% Ethereum, 50% Bitcoin. It's now worth $240. So yeah. it's not worth $40 million. Like if you bought, apparently if you bought $100 in 2010, it would be worth oh, yeah. $48 million. I think million. Yo- Jonas Lund made the website uh, Bitcoin FOMO calculator. And you can enter, <laughs> like, awesome. oh, if I bought, 10 bucks in 2008 it would be worth it. yeah 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 well yeah if that that i did not do and i have serious promo for no, sure we didn't talk about gamestop either yeah well we'll have to someone left <laughs> yeah someone ask a question about investing and i can go on like a long diatribe yeah about. yeah i have a lot of feelings on investing number one rule of investing is hold <laughs> which is so stupid it's uh, when you think about it mm-hmm. it it really is the most ridiculous thing. It's like, oh, you worked hard, you got a reward. Well, maybe Don't this is it. true about naming as well, which is like, I know you said you could change your name, but ultimately, like, if you hold it, like, just, you know, hold on to that that name. Like, whatever you do, whatever you do, don't regret it, I guess, maybe mm. is the thing. I, I think we, that's a very profound thing. Like, I've, I've moved uh, geographically a lot. So I uh, was in Amsterdam and then moved to different places. And whenever you feel upset, you're just kind of down for a while. You th- you think it's the place you are, so you think it's time mm-hmm. to move. 
and I found it very difficult to read myself and think, do I have to move or do I have to work on myself? Yeah. Am I am I upset because something's stuck creatively or and sort of the, the question is uh, yeah is it me or is it the surroundings and and yeah. both could be true. Is it the artwork or is it the name? It's probably the artwork. You know, so don't get yeah, too caught yeah, up on yeah. the name. Um, yeah. And you could still call it untitled. I've named. Oh ah, yeah, untitled. we didn't talk about the word untitled because that's one well, way to do it. It's the most common name for an artwork is that it's going to be untitled one or untitled two um, or whatever yeah. number. Um, but untitled is the number one, I think, statistically. But I, I think untitled works fine if you're a painter and it's a it's a proven medium. Mm-hmm. But if you work in a new medium and you're, you're kind of hacking together a bunch of things and you're like, oh, it's a VR sculpture or something, then a new name really helps for people to grasp what it is and, and to remember it. Yeah, the only time I would recommend an untitled is if it's the beginning of a series and it's a study, you know, like there's also, you could call it study one, study two, but you're, you're kind of still developing the thought, right? And mm. it's like, while you're developing the thought, don't you don't need to rush into a name. And plenty of artists will do this. You'll see them name, you know, a bunch of things untitled that were really actually just experiments. And then later, you know, they develop a series from that and the series has a title. And that's another thing we didn't discuss, which is quite often, you don't just title the work, you title the series. Um yeah, and you know, the, you mentioned it, right? Like you, the cla- the shadow pieces, for example. You're not yeah. naming one work; you're actually naming a series of works. Yeah, um, and that's a yeah. I just remember this uh, uh, rap group from the '90s, the Alcoholics, and they had this line: "You have a bad name, like Dick Butkiss." And so there was some <laughs> kind of football player called Rich- Richard Butkiss, and so they called him Dick Butkiss. <laughs> like. That actually sounds yeah. like a great name. You know, one thing I didn't mention about naming is memory. And the our memories are designed, like not designed, because we can't. I can't determine whether they're designed or not. But like the way they function is for uniqueness, the things that stand out as unique and memorable are uh, either funny. Um, and funny is like, we could do a whole podcast on what is funny, but like there's humor. And humor is surprise, right? So it could be like, the double double, like the the double double, like I just said, like it could be just two 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 funny words next to each other, and the other thing that's unfortunate, apparently according to science, and there's this book Einstein Walking on the Moon, which you won't forget now because that's a great title. Um, it's is sexual in nature, so mm. apparently to remember sex cells. Yeah. Well, like it's just be- and I it's so horrible, but. Um, <laughs> Ultimately, like the oh, human man. brain is organized around novelty and sexual excitement. What, what's the in in, in uh, the movie Tropic Thunder? There's a rapper and he has his own energy drink. And I think it's called Booty Sweat or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you remember the humor part, not the sex part, for your next title. But um, yeah. well, you know, I both. am reminded yeah. of Carolee Schneeman's piece, which I'll ne- you can't you can't forget the name of the work. It's called Meat Joy. It's a short film. Mm. It's meat joy, and it and the film itself is like a huge orgy of people rubbing like f- raw fish and meat all over themselves, <laughs> and it's like so visceral. Uh, it's unforgettable. There are certain works like we should just state like the both the name you and the content of the work. Them. You can't unsee them. You can't unsee yeah. them. Um, and she has another great piece called Scroll, where she pulls like this scroll out of her vagina. It's again like extremely memorable, both viscerally, but also the name Scroll is just fantastic. Anyway, and when you yeah. see it, you know it. It's what I'm getting to. That's my good point. <laughs> Final question: favorite brand name, favorite artwork name, or artist mm. name? Okay. Um, favorite brand. Uh, I need a minute. And just look know? around. Look around the room. Uh, well, I was just looking around my room, and I have a Sonos, and I think that's an incredible name. Like hmm. Sound Sonos. It's like I don't know European. It sounds European. It's great. Um, yeah. A lot of people praise BlackBerry as like one of the best brand names ever invented. But let's yeah. see how that worked out. Famous title of a word. I, I think Duchamp was very good with words. What's an example of Duchamp? Um, the urinal, like <laughs> that, that's no, no, I'm... but the the ready made and uh, oh okay, coat yeah. rack. What about yeah. I like Kosuth's chair? It's just called chair. I like single word mm. artwork names, like yeah. I like mountains yeah. and sea. I, I mentioned that one earlier this week. Is a um, is a famous painting that I that I really like. 
by Frankenthaler. But I, I agree. Sometimes the artists come up with titles and to take away some anxiety, if the work becomes famous, it'll find its own name. Well, you know what? I, before this podcast, I did this search on YouTube for like how to name an artwork. And it was the most trash I've ever seen. It was like <laughs> all these abstract expressionist kind of painters or and they were talking about how important it was to name a work. And actually, that's probably one place where like I was just like, just so uncomfortable watching these videos because you know in in that case the name's probably going to draw a tr- like actually hurt the work a tremendous amount um because you're talking about an abstract work and now people are going to associate the name as a descriptive element in what is otherwise a nondescript visual yeah. plane um I, I and the videos that appeared alongside it were like how to sign your artwork and I was just like no I have to stop this like there's so much bad advice uh anyway yeah, don't trust the internet. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just trust us. Uh, we yeah. have no idea what we're doing, but trust us. Exactly. Okay, well, thanks for the question. These questions are great. We've got some questions. We've got questions rolling in now, Ralph. And I'm yeah, like, we've got a bunch. We've got a bunch that'll make me uncomfortable, too. Yes, yes, that's what I've yeah. always wished for. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. No, well, hey, yeah, thank you for sending in your questions. And um, yeah, we're, we're going to get to them each one as soon as we can, which is once a week. And keep sending them in, and thank you for listening. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.